Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. In today's special episode, we sat down with Frank Gaffney, executive chairman at the Center for Security Policy and vice chairman on the Committee on the Present Danger China. He sheds light on the origins of the pandemic, how the Chinese regime is conducting something called unrestricted warfare that covers all sectors of society, and what that means for our daily lives. Let's dive in. Frank, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you back on the show. It's a pleasure. Thank you. So there's been a lot of questions on the origins of the pandemic, right? And so there's a group called Team B3 that came out with this called the CCP is at war with America. So who's in that group and what did you find? It was a pickup team of national security practitioners, uh, some of whom have deep knowledge of specific topics, including Dr. Stephen Hatfill, on the whole sort of virology, biological warfare piece. It was chaired by a former Intelligence Committee chairman in the House of Representatives, Pete Hoekstra, and a former Deputy Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence, Lieutenant General William Jerry Boykin, U.S. Army retired. Um, and the rest of us were sort of a motley crew of people with backgrounds in various aspects of uh, the national security space. I was one of the members and brought to it some background in policy making at the strategic level in the Defense Department. But the team was uh, very formidable and I think rendered a real public service, if I may say, because we looked at the intelligence assessment offered up by the Director of National Intelligence in the fall of 2021. And the conclusion of the intelligence community was they just really couldn't tell where this virus came from. Maybe it was from nature, maybe it was from a laboratory, but they just weren't sure. But they knew one thing for certain, and that was the Chinese Communist Party didn't have any foreknowledge of this virus. We took, and I'm glad you've got a copy of it too, a hard look at all of that and came to the conclusion that A, there was no evidence, none, zip, that it came from nature. There was a lot of evidence, to be sure circumstantial because the Chinese won't give us direct information, a lot of circumstantial evidence, nonetheless, that it came from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, a biological warfare laboratory that the Chinese Communist Party is actually not supposed to have, um, because they promised in a treaty called the Biological Warfare Convention not to have a biological warfare program. And more to the point, we know however this virus got out of that laboratory, whether it was by accident or by design, the Chinese Communist Party deliberately, knowingly, and murderously unleashed it on the rest of the world, including our own country. So those were the really core findings, and we put it together with a much broader story about the danger that the Chinese Communist Party represents and what we've got to do about it. And to kind of discover your findings, what did you look at? Was it open source material or what did you get the info from? It was all open source material. And that's part of the point here is that this evidence, this information is available to all of us. 
we just took the time and put the energy into really assessing it and came away with conclusions that the intelligence community could have come to every bit as easily, if not more so. And it's sort of an indictment of the biases of this administration, that it wasn't able to speak truthfully about the evidence as we did. And Frank, for those who might have questions or want their own copy, where can viewers get their own copy? Well, you can get a copy in the old-fashioned hard paper form uh, at Amazon, and uh, I believe that's probably the, the easiest place. But you can get a free downloadable PDF version of it at ccpatwar.com. I believe you can also order it at Amazon through that website. But you can also do one other thing, which I really want to commend to your listeners, if I can, and that is at ccpatwar.com, we've taken the key elements of this document, and other information that our Committee on the Present Danger China has been compiling over the past couple of years about the Chinese Communist Party, the threat that it represents, how it is waging war against us, not only through biological means, but through a whole host of others, uh, economic warfare, information operations, cyber warfare, political subversion, espionage, elite capture, on and on and on. And we've put it into something we call the brief, which is basically about a 35-minute presentation of what the Chinese Communist Party is about, what it's been doing to its own people, horrifically, as you know better than just about anybody, but also what it has in mind for the rest of us, if it can possibly impose more or less what it's been doing to not just the Uyghurs, not just the Falun Gong, not just the Catholics and other Christians, but to the population of China writ large for decades on people who love freedom, people who do not want to live under communism, people in short, like us. And this is a really important, uh, I think, educational tool that we really hope will be of value, not just to the average American citizen, but also especially to those who are seeking our votes this fall because they want to represent us in Congress or in other federal uh, government positions, or not least in state positions as well, because all of those levels of our government are being targeted by the CCP. And it seems now a lot of people are considering if their candidates have a view on the Chinese regime. So what has the response been to the brief so far? Well, we haven't been able to give it as widely as I would like, but the people who have received it so far, um, some of whom are candidates, uh, some of whom are incumbents, some of whom are people who are just interested American citizens, uh, the response has been very positive. I think partly because it's packed with information that not all of us know, but all of us need to know. And if I say so myself, I think it's been synthesized in a way that makes it really accessible. And that's why we hope that people will go to, again, ccpatwar.com and register to get the brief and ideally have candidates seeking their vote this fall do the same. When you take this information aboard, especially in the context of 
we need to do something about it. And we can use it as a means of getting candidates to commit to do something about it. This is, interestingly enough, um, we're marking uh, the past day the demise of Mikhail Gorbachev. And it brought to mind my own experiences as a young man working in Ronald Reagan's administration. In 1980, Ronald Reagan sought the mandate of the American people to roll back and defeat the totalitarian communist threat of that time, uh, what he used to call an existential threat to freedom that Mikhail Gorbachev presided over the demise of. So it reminds us, I think, in our moment, when we're dealing with, frankly, in the Chinese Communist Party, a vastly more dangerous threat than the Soviet Union was in its heyday. We need to have a similar mandate given to elected officials to take steps to counter to roll back, to defeat the Chinese Communist Party, because they are at war with us. And this is one of us is going to win kind of zero-sum game, as the political scientists say. Uh, the Chinese have every intention of it being them. They're willing to commit murder on an unprecedented scale. And that's saying something, given that they've killed 100 million of their own people not to mention the 400 infants in utero that they claim to have killed. They themselves claim to have killed as part of their one-child policy. So when they talk about um, you know, dominating the world, it may entail a vastly larger number of us being murdered by them if they have their way. So for all these reasons, we think the brief specific recommendations that it offers about what need to be done now um, is really urgently required by both the public and uh, candidates for office. That was Frank Gaffney, executive chairman at the Center for Security Policy and vice chairman for the Committee on the Present Danger China. And after a break, we hear more from him on how the Chinese regime sees itself in the midst of a second Cold War with the U.S., what lessons can be gleaned from the first round, and what steps can be taken now to counter that threat. That's coming up in just a minute here on China in Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. We continue our coverage with Frank Gaffney, Executive Chairman for the Center for Security Policy and Vice Chairman for the Committee on the Present Danger China. He touches on how the Chinese regime sees itself in the midst of a second Cold War with the U.S., what lessons can be gleaned from the first round, and what steps can be taken now to counter that threat. Let's dive in. And it seems, Frank, right now, some might argue that we're so entangled economically, financially, all these different ways with the Chinese regime that it's too complicated to do anything about it and to just keep going. So what would you say to that argument? Well, that's a formula for our destruction, is the short answer. It would assure 
the victory of the Chinese Communist Party. Just as I think, as surely, had we continued with what engagement, as it's called now, was uh, called detente back in the Cold War, would have led to the defeat of the United States and the West if we had continued to prop up and, and enrich our Soviet enemies. But again, I'm, I'm not underestimating this problem, believe me. Uh, we're very mindful that this policy of engagement, which interestingly enough, as we talk about in the book, in 1991, as the Soviet Union was collapsing as a result of Ronald Reagan's successful strategy for bringing it down, Deng Xiaoping, who was then the general secretary of the Chinese Communist Party, observed that the Cold War was over, that the Soviet Union had lost, the United States had won. And he's said to have remarked, a new Cold War is beginning between the United States and China, and China will win. And he began very purposefully with a strategy that came to be known as hide and bide, by which he meant will conceal from the West our malevolent designs, our intention to destroy them, to rule the world, in favor of professing to be interested in just, you know, lifting up our people and becoming another member of the international community in the hopes of inducing the West to engage with China, to transfer technology and other know-how to allow them to hollow out our industrial base, to penetrate all of our institutions and suborn our political leaders and other elites. All of that was made possible because Deng Xiaoping had recognized the error that the Soviets had made and a very different strategy that China needed to pursue. And they have pursued it brilliantly. They've induced greedy American leaders of business and the financial sector or our political class or others to participate in building up the Chinese Communist Party's power. And uh, they are certainly saying, hey, wait, you know, we don't want to disengage. We don't want to uncouple. This is a really good thing. We're, we're, we're doing very well. Well, they personally may be, but our country is being imperiled by it, as is the rest of the world. So I, I think I would say to people who make that argument, you are either with us and standing for freedom, or you are with freedom's enemies. You have to choose. And this is the time for making that choice. And Frank, speaking of the Cold War and the Soviets, many have been calling, even it seems the Chinese regime, our current state also a second Cold War. But we're not engaging with the Chinese regime as if we're in a war, right? We still see them as a developing country. We're giving them all these, you know, loopholes and things to exploit. So fundamentally, to really start countering the Chinese regime, what would that come down to? Is it recognizing the threat or what would that be? Yes, I mean, you're getting to the points that we've used as sort of the bottom line of this briefing. First, you have to acknowledge that they are a threat. 
they're our mortal enemy, a transnational criminal organization that is bent on world domination. Second, you need to recognize that um, we have to respond to that reality by adopting a war footing of our own, something the Chinese are on, by the way, and increasingly so, as it seems they are preparing not just for more of the unrestricted warfare of the non-kinetic kind, or perhaps more of the biological warfare, but of the old-fashioned kinetic murderous military kind as well. And, and that leads to a third point. In addition to disengaging from enabling that war footing and the buildup of their power, we need to rebuild ours, uh, notably our military, which is in really desperate straits at the moment. We've taken for granted that we're the only world's, the world's only superpower, and we will always be that. Our military is in tough shape, not least because we can't recruit enough people to populate an all-volunteer force, quality people, skilled people. We're purging the military of many of the good ones we've got for ideological reasons and vaccines, uh, pretexts, and so on. So all of that has to be reversed. Uh, and I, I guess sort of finally, not least, we need to make sure that those on Wall Street, like Larry Fink of BlackRock and Steve Schwartzman of Blackstone and Ray Dalio and, and others, stop underwriting with our money our pension funds, our mutual funds, our indexes and, and exchange-traded funds and the like, they're using that money to enable all of this warfare that the Chinese communists are waging against us. And if they have their way, they will continue to do so to their benefit, you know, this relatively small handful of, um, well, capitalists, I guess you'd call them, but uh, enablers of our enemy. And that must stop as well. So those are five or six practical steps that not only can be taken, some of them are harder than others, I grant you, but um, one other one that I think has to be built into it as well is we need to purge from our political elite, especially, but arguably these others, those who have been compromised by the Chinese Communist Party. You cannot wage this war defensive though it may be, against an adversary like this, who actually has leaders of our country playing for their team, not ours. Frank, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you. The pleasure is mine, as always. That's Frank Gaffney, Executive Chairman for the Center for Security Policy and Vice Chairman for the Committee on the Present Danger China. Thanks for watching China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer, and see you soon.